Last time on Murder We Spoke, a podcast in a podcast in a podcast. Presented by Tantrum East Theater. We are surrounded by kindling. <laughs> nah, I have this place rigged. Our crescendo has always been a little tight-lipped, but nothing a good smoke can't help. Let's go over the plan again to ease your nerves. Bernie gives him the money, protects Rita, saves the day. Bernie starts trending, we get another audience boost and an extra influx of cash. I must have swung it somehow because it hit her head. Chris, I need help. I know what to do. We present Something Fishy's episode three of their violent docuseries titled The Dead Girl Becomes Fire. What's that? What's going on? something fishy happening. This chapter of Something Fishy is sponsored by Pyronics. Every day is grilling season when you grill with Pyronics. Pyronics lighter fluid provides epic coverage for any charcoal grill. Have you ever wanted to light a fire on fire? Get Pyronics and get your flame on. Let's go back, way back, before the shed, before lunar legs, before murder we spoke, before something fishy, before podcasts. We were all children once, even killers. People often wonder, is it nature or nurture that breeds a killer? Don't we all start innocent? Or are some people's wires crossed at birth? Let's go back to a classroom, a third grade classroom. Children are laughing as they play, the sounds of innocent bliss. Okay, everyone, stand up and come meet me on the activity carpet. The children eagerly jump up from their desks and scurry over to their teacher, Miss McMillan. Class? Class, please. Quiet down, everyone. Are we listening? Yes, Miss McMillan. Good. Now, we are going to take what we just read and put it into action. What did we just read about? Fire safety. And what do we do in case we are caught on fire? Stop, drop, and roll. What was that? Stop, drop, and roll. One more time. Stop, drop, and roll. Very good. Now, let's practice. Everyone spread out. Now, start moving in a circle on the carpet. I'm going to play some music, and when the music stops, that means you are caught on fire. And go. The children giggle and laugh. They gleefully delight in the anticipation of bursting into flames. 
The students recite the following as they throw themselves to the floor to put out their imaginary flames. Stop, drop, and whoa! Excellent job, everyone. Everyone gets a gold star today. But not Jane. What was that? Jane, she didn't play. Yeah, she's been sitting at her desk the whole time. Oh my, um, Jane, I didn't even notice. Have you just been sitting there? Okay, everyone, single feline, please, and enjoy your recess. Miss McMillan, can we have the talk? No. Last time you didn't share and a big fight broke out, so now no one gets the chalk. Oh, but we want to outline each other. The answer is no. Ugh, fine. As the last of the students file out for recess, Jane stays behind. She is quite small, sitting at her desk, thin, almost frail-looking. She stares down at the book of matches in her hands. She touches the red heads of the matches in a loving way, admiring the power that's waiting to burst within. Jane? Jane? Don't you want to go outside for recess? You've stayed inside all this week. The weather is finally getting warmer. Hey, what do you got there? Are those matches? Give those to me. Hey. You can't have matches in school, Jane. Now, wouldn't it be nice to go outside and play with your friends? You're not my friends. Hmm. You know, Jane, my parents moved to a new city when I was your age, and I thought I didn't fit in, and no one liked me, and- Did people notice you? Sometimes I felt invisible, but that's what happens when you're a new person in a new school. If you want people to notice you, well, you got to join them in games. You can't just sit at your desk every time there's a group activity. You didn't notice I was missing. I'm sorry about that. You see, I'm new too. This is my first job as a teacher. I got so distracted, I didn't see you. Do you forgive me? Why did your parents move? Oh, they wanted a change in scenery. That's what my uncle said. Do you see your uncle anymore? No. He died in the fire. Those were his matches. He liked to light his cigarettes with them. Oh. Jane, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm so stupid. Here, take them. It'll be our little secret. <laughs> Did our fire lesson today scare you? Is that why you didn't join the circle? No. Look, you don't have to go through life being afraid. You survived that fire for a reason. Maybe fire is afraid of you. My uncle said some fires are a good thing when you control them. I guess that's true. Have you ever heard about the Great Chicago Fire? 
It burned the city down. It did. But you know what else it did? It cleared away the bad things for our city to grow. That's why we are called the second city. Without that fire, we never would have made better roads or more space for people to live and build those pretty skyscrapers. Fires clear away bad things for better things to grow. We'll learn more about that next week. Okay. How about this? I'll go outside with you and help organize a game with some of the other students. Help you break the ice a little bit? I don't think anybody wants to play with me. Mm, but you'll be the official keeper of the chalk. If they want the chalk, they have to play with you. <laughs> Sound like a plan? I want to play with Lisa. I can help outline her. That sounds lovely. Time passes, and we grow into the people we were made to become, or the people we were born to be. Back to 2015, Paula paces around in the podcast studio. The clicking of her heels grows faster with every passing second. Where the fuck is everyone? Do we just all throw our phones into the lake? The door's signature creak announces the arrival of Jane Crescendo Delve. She is exhausted from the night before. The smell of lighter fluid immediately fills the entire shed. She's stunned to see Paula. Paula, where have you been? Have you heard from Bernie? Uh, no, uh, let's set up. Cress goes to the storage locker and begins to grab the mics and other equipment. She can feel Paula's eyes burning a hole through her back. She tries her best to ignore it and act casual. Set up? Cress, are you fucking kidding? You're standing on the power cord? What the fuck is going on? I must have sent Bernie like a million texts last night and she never answered. And? And? It's not like her. Especially after last night. You said not to worry, remember? Yeah, well that was last night. Maybe it didn't happen. What do you mean, maybe it didn't happen? Maybe she didn't go to work yesterday. I can't get a hold of Rita. Since you got on my ass about the plan, I wanted to do some follow-up and nothing. Straight to voicemail. When was the last time you talked to Bernie? Last time I spoke to her was in the studio with you. You sure? What kind of question is that? The door creaks open as Bernie slowly enters the room. She carries the kettlebell with her and places it in the corner of the shed. Her eyes meet with Cress. Cress can't figure it out, but something is different. Her body language was strange. Bernie stood tall, straight, chest out and open to the world as if she was daring someone to knock her down. Paula, you're here? We're supposed to record. Right. Of course. That's why we're all here. But, uh, actually, I think we're gonna need to postpone. I got somewhere I need to be. Like where? I'm just not feeling well. I had kind of a rough night. With Rita? What about her? Did you take care of her? What do you mean? Your hours? Yeah. 
I got it taken care of. So you did go to work? Yeah. And you talked to Rita? Yes. Fuck. I went to work. I talked to Rita. What did she say? She said, fine. Fine? Yeah, she said, fine. So you asked her? Yes. In person? How else would I ask her? Do you really not know? What? Follow the news much? It's all over the neighborhood crime feeds. Here, look. Bernie grabs the phone out of Paula's hands. Paula is even taken aback by Bernie's new aggression. Bernie clicks a link that takes her to Chicago News at night, where Cat Pouncey is back in action. Last night, a local athletic store in Old Town, Lunar Legs, was vandalized with the manager now missing. Foul play is suspected, as blood was found at the crime scene. The manager's identity has not been released, but police are asking the community to call the number below if they remember seeing any suspicious activity. I certainly will be following up with this case once we hear more information. So stay tuned and be sure to follow my feed at Cat Pouncy Shy News. No money taken. And now they can't find Rita. Bernie, you must have left early before it happened. Bernie? Bernie? I saw him. The creep? (sighs) Yes. He was there again, like always. What was he doing? Being a creep. Why wouldn't you answer my text? Why were you texting me? What? You never text me. (laughs) I'm your friend. Not like that. Not 20 text messages five minutes apart in a row type of friend. We haven't been that close since high school. What did the text messages say? Oh, there's so many. Let's see here. What's going on? How's work? Are you there? Hello? How's Rita? Are you still at work? Hello? Anything happening at work? Answer me. I swear to Christ, if you don't answer me, fuck you. What's going on at work? Hello? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Fuck. Paula, if the police get a hold of her phone. You weren't there for the break-in? Bernie. I was there. He smashed the window and he came in. He wanted money. He was pointing a gun at her. Yes, he was pointing a gun and he wanted money. A gun? Yeah. But Rita wouldn't give him the money, right? She told him no? Yeah. She kept screaming at me not to give him the money. She kept calling me, baby, baby, baby. How did did you know that? What? Someone points a gun at you, says, give me your money. It's really fucking weird to tell them no. What the fuck is going on, Paula? You tell me. You come in here after your store the night you were working was robbed. Rita is missing. Blood is spattered everywhere. And what the fuck is the kettlebell doing here? Shut the fuck up. Are you fucking deaf or just stupid? I already told you. I went to work. The creep broke in, wanted money, pulled a gun. Rita said no. She kept calling me, be, 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 and then something happened. Something phenomenal. It started like this itch right where I could never scratch it, and then it just burst out of me. 
I'm sorry. I gotta go. Where? You heard Bouncy. Police are looking for anyone with information. Bernie, wait. I don't think that's a good idea. Cress, they're gonna know I was there last night. It's going to look suspicious if I don't go to them first. I think we should go over some things. I got it under control. Bernie! Bernie leaves the shed, followed by the sound of the aching door. What the fuck did you do? There were problems. We had a plan. We didn't account for Bernie. Account for Bernie? Where are you going? Come on. Can you please explain to me what the fuck went wrong? Smash and grab. That's all that was supposed to happen. I have to show you. Show me what? I have to go back anyway. Go back for what? To burn the rest. Ever since Murder We Spoke's apprehension in 2015, Cress has remained absolutely silent. Her lawyers couldn't even get anything out of her. In the end, all they could charge Crescendo with was arson and illegal disposal of a body. Reporters all over the country would kill to sit where Bailey and AJ were sitting, on the verge of hearing the voice of the last one to see Roger Atwood. What stories was Cress burning to tell? The following is a recording of events that happened inside Cook County Prison in 2019. The jail door buzzed and Cress was ushered in by a guard and her lawyer. Surprisingly, she didn't have any chains. Not even handcuffs. I guess it pays to have one of the state's best lawyers on your side. The lawyer, who refused to say her name on the recording because, according to her, she didn't want to be associated with a pathetic excuse for a morning talk show, sat down next to Cress and slammed her briefcase on the table. You have 30 minutes with my client. We appreciate it. Do we need to go over the terms of this agreement? We read them. Thoroughly. She will only answer questions that were already discussed in court. Well, uh, we were hoping... Excuse me? Um, Roger Atwood? Uh, She's the last person to see him, and we thought that maybe she would open up to us. No, no, no. I'm sorry. But if my client knew the whereabouts of a Mr. Atwood, that could completely change the outcome of the court's ruling. And even if, if my client could provide that information, that is something she would share with me, her legal counsel, first. I heard she hasn't shared anything with you. Your name is AJ, right? Yes. Even if it wasn't, I don't care. I did not get to where I am now by dealing with hacks who could not cut it in the world of professional journalism. So my time, my client's time, is very precious. And by my watch, you now have 27 minutes and 14 seconds. So. Ms. Doe. Ms. Doe. Jane. Please. Jane, you have to talk to somebody. Hi, Jane. My name is AJ, and this is my co-host, Bailey. Good luck. Jane, 
your lawyer might have told you about us. We're a podcast called Something Fishy. Time is ticking. Maybe we should just start with the questions. Cress? You prefer Cress. Crescendo, right? I would like a smoke. Oh my god, Jane. Thank fucking Christ, Jane. I am... I've never been so happy to hear a voice. You wouldn't by any chance of a smoke on you, would you? I haven't had one for years. I don't think that's allowed. Yes, I do. Here. Just as Bailey produces a pack of camel wides, Cress's favorite, the guard immediately jumps in between. Are you guys fucking crazy? She's an arsonist. Let me talk to him. The lawyer escorts the guard into the corner of the room. AJ and Bailey attempt to listen, but all they can pick out are a few words, some legal jargon, and the mention of being good friends with the warden. All right. She can have them. You got a light? Yes. I got it. The guard swoops in front of Bailey and lights a cigarette with his Bic lighter. Crest seems to hesitate at first but then leans in for the light. She takes a deep, long inhale, closes her eyes, and runs her tongue along her lips, savoring every drop of nicotine. Thank you for speaking with us, Crescendo. Oh, you can call me Cress. Cress? Yes. Well, thank you for speaking with us. Um, so what inspires you? Uh, what would you say made you who you are today? Fire. Like burning fire? <laughs> Do you know another kind? Uh, so, um, fire. <sighs> is that... Is that why you burned the body? Because you like fire? I want to be fire. What about Atwood? I thought this was supposed to be about me. You were the last one to see him, and maybe if you could- Fire. What? I want to be fire. AJ and Bailey take us back to recess on a school playground. Sounds of rowdy school children dancing, running, playing- Cress walks behind Miss McMillan, small, frail, stoking a fire within. Hello, ladies. Hello, Hello Miss McMillan. Well, I have some exciting news for you. Jane here convinced me to allow you to play with the chunk. <gasps> yes! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now remember, we only have one container. So what does that mean? We have, we have to, to share. Very good. And I figured since Jane was the one to convince me, she will be in charge of the container. So we have to play with Jane? Mm -hmm. Enjoy your recess, girls. Give it to us. Miss McMillan said I was in charge. She said you were in charge of the container, so we can have the chalk. I can't use some. Lisa, just let her have one. 
What if I want that color? Then you can switch. I don't want it after some dead girl touched it. I'm not dead. My mom was watching that boring rules and police show. Da-da! Oh my god, my mom always has that on. Yeah, well, they found the dead body of a girl in an alley, and since they didn't know her name, they just called her Jane Doe. <gasps> was she a hooker? They're usually hookers. What's a hooker? They always call the dead girls Jane Doe because no one notices them. No one misses them. Is that why your parents named you that? Are you a hooker? My grandma's name was Jane. My dad's last name is Doe. I heard they forgot you in your house when it was set on fire. You you both paint your nails. Yeah, so? They look really pretty. The chalk will get them dirty. I, I, I can outline you both if you let me play with the chalk too. My mom said only hookers walk around with chip nails. Fine, you can outline us, but you can only have the chalk if we like it when you're done. Okay. Lie down. Uh, have your feet touching each other. It'll be cute. Christ begins to outline the girl's bodies. She presses down hard on the chalk so it makes thick lines as it scrapes against the sidewalk. You were right. About what? My parents did forget me in the fire. How? They were busy grabbing other stuff. Money, jewelry, stuff like that. That's sad. My uncle was staying with us because he was having problems with his medication. He was the one who, who came to get me. I miss him. He taught me lots of things, but now he's dead. What did he teach you? Who cares? Are you almost done? Almost. Stay still. Do you mind if I move your hair? Oh, fine, whatever. He taught me lots of outdoor things, like camping and, and looking for trails. He even taught me how, how to start a fire. He said, fires are lonely, but they burn for themselves. They don't care if no one's watching. Fires burn because it makes them happy. Like the great Chicago fire. It burned down the city. It did care. But a big fire like that, he definitely noticed. He noticed so much, we gave it a name. The great Chicago fire. It must be nice to have a name like that. It killed people. It made room for something better. Lisa's screams become engulfed in flames. The other children run away in terror. The roar of the fire and screams of her victim fills Cress's ears. She smiles and is lost in this memory. In the distance, like an echo, Cress can hear the muffled sound of someone calling her name. Paula slaps Cress on the shoulder and brings her back to 2015. Cress. 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 The screams disappear. 
We instead hear a slow burn and crackle of a peaceful bonfire. Is that it? Is she... Maybe. Might need three burns to make sure we get everything. Then what? Take the ashes, scatter them in the lake. Fuck. Oh, that smell. How much gasoline did you use? Should have been here last night. Why? Smelled like pork. Really? Yeah. What do we do about Bernie? What did we let out? Let's venture a little further into the past. It's 1988. We're in Bernie's childhood home. Out. Out. Out! Laura, Bernie's mother, shoes five-year-old Bernie out of her bedroom. I just want to see what you're doing. Laura only has two hours to study before her night shift at the hospital starts. Every minute counts, except for sleep. She's learned how to function in four hours. Joe! Can you please come get your daughter? Joe comes shuffling down the hallway with his hands in his pockets. He's not looking for a fight. He knows the tone in his wife's voice. She just misses you, Laura. Oh, I'm the bad guy? I didn't say that. She's five. It's hard for her to understand. I'm doing this for all of us. And yourself. Excuse me? It's a good thing. Don't, don't fight. I'm sorry. Bernie, why don't you and Dad go out on the lake? Do a little fishing. It's almost dinner time. I'm going to have dinner in my room. But... You guys can go fishing, and then your dad will take you for some McDonald's. How about that? I want to have dinner at the kitchen table, like a family. Come on, Bernie. I bet the fish will be right under the ice. We'll be able to catch some big ones. It's not too dark. If you keep talking, there won't be any daylight left. I, I, I don't... Joe, just go. I'll see you in the morning, okay? Laura steps back into her bedroom and shuts the door. The sound of the door locking stings Bernie's heart. Mom? Bernie, what did we talk about? She's been in her bedroom all day. Your mom needs to concentrate. I would be really quiet. Bernie. I don't want her to become a doctor. Bernie. I never see her anymore. She comes home from work in the morning and she goes to sleep. She wakes up to study. Then she goes to work again. This is important to her. More than me? Bernie. This is for the best. For all of us. You'll see. When your mom becomes a doctor, there won't be any more night shifts. Your mom will be home when I get home, and we'll be able to sit at our kitchen table together as a family. Don't you want that? Doesn't she like being a nurse? Ever since I met your mom, she's always wanted to be a doctor. Why does she stop? Well, 
um, our plans changed when you came along. For the better. We just had to put some things on pause until now. I don't want Mom to stop because of me. She's not. She's becoming a doctor because of you. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe. Look, one day, you are going to want something really bad. And you need to remember this moment right now. You need to remember your mom and how hard she is working. She is not letting anything stand in her way. You need to remember this so that when you grow up, you won't let anything stand in your way either. You'll grow up to be just like her. I hope. I want to be like you too. Well, then get your coat and boots on. Those fish aren't going to catch themselves. Do you think the ice is thick enough? I wouldn't let you out on it if it wasn't. End of episode three. Voice acting for this episode provided by Lisa Bowl, Thomas Daniels, Maria Fernanda Diaz, Mary Glenn Frederick, Hannah Karpenko, Tom Morin, Luli Gomez Teruel, and Jenna Zhu. Stage managed by Olivia Tymon. Directed by Lila Rachel Becker. Written by Rachel Bykowski. Sound editing. Thomas Daniels, audio consultant, Derek A. Graham. Music for today's episode from White Records, Monument Music, Lemon Music Studio, Pump Up the Mind, Audio Coffee, Lexin Music, and Samuel Francis Johnson. Special thanks to the Alliance of Resident Theaters New York, the New York Council on the Arts, Karen Hammond, and Amanda Brummond. Additional thanks to Nina Field, Lakin McCarty, Alice Wu, Rachel Mock, Carter Caldwell, Alicia Kunkel, Liat Graff, and Tracy Greenwood. Lara only has two hours to study before her night shit. Okay.